0: I'm Jesse Parker.
1: And I'm Tommy Niblack. Jesse and I are super excited to share with you episode 45 of The, the Face Share,
0: where we ask questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture.
1: And on today's episode, Jesse and I are joined by our friend Derek D.C. Clark, stellar award-winning and Grammy-nominated producer, as he shares his thoughts with us on racism and the church's responsibility. Hope you're ready. Let's get into
2: it. Testing. Mic check. One, two. Is it good? Hey, That's good. That's good. Go. I'm loud now? That's yeah, you're yeah. loud now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah.
1: That's perfect. That's perfect. Yo, so we are here. It's Friday. It's Faith Chair Friday, and um, Jesse and I are joined by uh, my good friend, hopefully soon to be uh, Jesse's good friend. He's actually Jesse's good friend, one person removed.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> He's my good friend-in-law. <laughs> right, good friend-in-law. He, um, Jesse and his wife, Genesis, are, are uh, close friends of um, Javon's, um, but they've not met you right, right. Uh, yet, so uh, hopefully this, this sparks a, um, a friendship. Um, but we wanted to have uh, D on today to give his perspective of a show that we all watched, um, especially with what's going on in our country. Um, Jamar Irby came out with a book called The Color of Compromise, and then there's um, a video series of that book on Amazon Prime that we all watched. And we just wanted to chop it up about that uh, show today. But before we get into it, um, Derek, just um, introduce yourself to the people um let them know who you are what you do and then we're gonna have an icebreaker
2: okay well hi my name is derek clark i go by dc um that's a moniker that uh fred hammond uh gospel singer came up with and it's just stuck It stuck and every everyone started calling me dc so perfect dc clark i was born and raised in the tacoma washington area um that's the small city just outside of seattle <laughs> <laughs> uh, federal way in Seattle. Um, um, church kid, grew up in the Kojic Church, Church of God in Christ, um, have a long standing history in that um, denomination. Um, although I was raised Kojic, um, I see things in a universal uh, way where it pertains to faith and uh, race relations. As well, I am um, a musician and a producer, songwriter, and a recording engineer. Uh, I've recorded and uh, produced records for, as I mentioned, Fred Hammond. Um, I worked on his Grammy Award winning Pre Worship and his first and only Grammy. Mm -hmm. um, I've been working with him ever since. I produced uh, and written for Yolanda Adams. done work for Israel Halton, um, Omarion songs, T-Pain, um, uh, Dawkins and Dawkins, uh, just to name a few. Um, here locally, I worked with um, Michelle Wang, a uh, family called the Watsons. Um, so I, my trail of work has been in this music industry. And um, I just, I'm grateful for all the opportunities that have been afforded me over the years, oh, man. Uh, That's awesome. You know.
1: And little known, well, little known fact to our listeners, because they're just meeting you, all of that, uh, all of that that he just mentioned, he forgot to humbly, he humbly forgot to, to, oh, uh, to leave out uh, the fact that he is a master ping-pong.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but I did leave this out. Uh, I won this. This is uh, a award 2014 produced yeah. for the year. Very dope. That out too. Very dope. Very dope. Very dope. And and yeah, I'm really good at ping pong. He's <laughs> he
1: he you must have the warehouse equivalent of ping pong balls in the opposite room to the studio.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now listen. I haven't played very much uh, because of the pandemic, but yeah, I played maybe uh, three weeks ago with yeah. one of my business partners, and man, I still have it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, you know, I haven't practiced in a while, head.
1: so
2: right now I can only beat you with so, my right hand. Right, right. The backhand was, was my so left fluid. hand right
0: now. The backhand so was cool. still
1: <laughs> fluid. It's, it's, like, ah, ah. it's like riding a bike. You don't ever, you don't ever forget it. <laughs> I feel
2: like grow old, man. <laughs>
1: Yo, so before we. Dive into it. Jesse and I have our, our 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 normal pace is introduction and just jump right off the cliff and get right into the serious topic. But we figured we should ease people in. You know what I'm saying? So we started doing these icebreakers. Today's icebreaker is a two-parter. It's your favorite food. So you tell me what your favorite food is, and then what you will never ever eat. Even if you are in the presence of uh, uh, uh people who that is their their delicacy like you won't ever you won't ever even you won't even taste it you won't even taste it um, my favorite food of all time um, is it w- would have to be Indian food like oh, yeah. just give me a coconut curry i'll ha- I'll eat that all day uh, I'll eat it all day. I mean, I guess I could survive on smoothies. I I, I would do smoothies. <laughs> I'll get to crack a joke about your health smoothies. I, I, I would do that, but if it was food, food, it would have to be uh, Indian food. Like, okay. side note, have you had uh,
0: Chicago's Pizza with a Twist? Place the place on the corner. Can't? I haven't, I, bro. <laughs> For the, those of you guys who don't know, and Derek, it's a it's a pizza place, but you can get Indian food on the pizza. So you, wow. can get you, a, you can get you a tandoori chicken pizza what? with curry sauce.
2: Man, that's crazy.
0: Bruh. <laughs> right around the corner. It's it's uh, right off of 240th, across the street from McClendon's, in that little Damn.
3: jumble shop. Yeah. Okay, okay. Legit. I'm going to have
0: to do it. All right, so what's the one thing you would just never even... I d- <sighs> See... Dog, you're just not even.
1: You're never gonna eat dog. I've eat. That's probably. (laughs) I. I. I I would. I might taste it, but I think I would leave the house and go, and and like be sick, because I love dogs so much. I've I've had uh, lamb brain. I've eaten bear the brain, the brain, the brain. So there's not much I won't eat, but dog. Uh. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I. I don't think I. What were you that. gonna say before I said dog? Were you not able to come up with anything? I wasn't because I've eaten guinea pig, and that's almost like you a rat
2: and guinea pig. Yeah, <laughs> the ABCs of what you <laughs> won't eat and what you have eaten. Wow. He's he
1: like was...
0: basically, I won't eat dogs and I won't eat people. That's not it. <laughs> I definitely no Hannibal
1: Lecter. What? What about you?
2: Okay, so uh, disclaimer. I was a vegetarian for approximately 19 months leading up to the pandemic. And, I, and in my mind, I'm just like, you know, this life is not supposed to last forever. So when the pandemic came, I was like, man, forget this vegetarian thing. I'm just going to indulge. So I left it alone. Yeah. And, you know, consequently, um, during the pandemic, um, I was in LA working on some television stuff at the Discovery Building. Yeah, and it shut down. So um, I retreated and uh, got some, uh, got a place out in Texas because uh, Fred was working on the Pop Over Pandemic. Uh, uh, it's Pop Praise Over Pandemic. Yeah, worship series, and so we did that for a couple months. And then I came back, and um, my thing, you know, there's so much food in Texas, so much good food. I don't know if I could really uh sustain a diet out there but <laughs> so i would visit this place called uh the crab pot and they had these boils in the and they put them in a bag and it was like uh almost like gumbo in a bag oh my god it was so crazy man and so seasoned so well that yeah i was like wow this is great so that's like my favorite thing right now i'll say gumbo right now is my favorite thing Got you. But I wouldn't eat, you said it, dog. I wouldn't eat that.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wouldn't eat cat. Um, you wouldn't eat cat. Nah, Cats are going to hell. I wouldn't I eat, eat
0: any domesticated. Person. I wouldn't
2: eat rat, mouse. I wouldn't eat that. Um, you know, so I tried uh, ch- chitterlings, or as uh, people call them, chitlins. Yeah. I, I tried them. Yeah, but you know, thinking about what they actually are, the intestines of a pig, and yeah. what passes through them, I just, I can't do those anymore.
1: Man, that's, a—I yeah. almost said, I, I almost said that, but then I thought about my grandmother's chit, uh, chitlins. Oh, like, if she was birth? still alive, I, I would, and, and she made them, right. I would eat them. But in general, that's a chitlins, problem. chitlins, yeah. chitlins are hard to, well, you guys have
0: added some things to my list. My <laughs> Brains wouldn't have even thought of that being anything's brain. Eating no, that's Lebanese. I'm not eating any brains of any animal. I'm sorry. That's funny. Uh, yeah, and anything that comes with the intestines, a haggis, shit. Oh God, I forgot. Like about that. Yeah, that's 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 all off the list. <laughs> but what I was gonna say when he first told me what the question was was, uh, I- I'm never gonna eat octopus. And I will so, never eat. There's this Filipino thing called balut, which is the the hard boiled egg, but it has it. The it, duck. The it, duck it's, in it. it's been. Um, uh, what's the word? It's about a like normal normal eggs. The the hen has laid it. The rooster has not. Um, see i'll just say seated i'm not thinking of the worst embryo
1: was pretty much developed but
0: yeah but in blue yeah the embryos developed so the little the little thing is in there with
1: bones and flesh and everything and feathers and the whole nine yards Uh, no they literally they literally just poke a hole in it so they can boil it in salt water so that it gets a little bit of seasoning yeah then you crack the joint yeah uh Uh drink the seasoning and then eat the I'm a eat picky the, eater. Eat there's the a lot of things though. on my well,
0: there's a lot of things i like, I would not eat that, but like something that I'm like, I would just never even try to get those yeah. things on like that. What is my what is my favorite? I am always I'm with you, Derek. I like seafood. It's funny you said the crab pot because the crab pot up here is whack. Yeah. But I'm like, oh the crab pot in Texas, they probably seasoned it better than the one up here. And this
2: uh, wasn't it wasn't per se the crab pot. This was like some it wasn't a commercialized establishment Oh, it was just oh, a type
0: yeah, okay. yeah okay.
2: it was like one singular location of this place I was going to okay just't have that name but ha oh. shoot yeah man. see not- i
1: i can I can get down with some good with some good seafood yeah um but you I feel like you got to be in the right place I think Seattle's a good seafood place um I- yeah. New, New Hampshire is a so good Oklahoma, seafood place.
0: Oklahoma, not so much. Nebraska, places nah. the, unless you're getting locally caught trout. Right, like right. That's right. about everything else going to be, be golden. That's going to be But difficult. yeah, if I was going to pick one thing, so uh, there's this restaurant, Bahama Breeze, which is Jamaican inspired. And they have a seafood paella, which is yeah? the Jamaican spiced rice. But then uh, all, all this seafood, the crab and the the oysters and the. Where's gut. this spot?
3: It's
0: in South Center. Okay. And it's just, oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah, I can eat that every day. That's what's up. Now that we know
1: what we like to eat, <laughs> <laughs> that I'm thinking you're not. We all right. I'm, Once I'll again, we're polar opposites. I'll pretty much. <laughs> I'll pretty much eat anything. That's uh, it's. I'll try it. I don't. I, as far as finishing it, <laughs> um, I used to not like liver. Like liver was like not not happening. Um, but Derek, you said that you have always been. Someone who was acutely aware of uh, civil rights, especially as pertained to black and brown people. Why? Why was that? But before we get into the color compromise, why? Why was that something you were interested in at such uh, a young age? Uh,
2: I was interested in uh, social uh, justice, and I was aware of uh inequality and injustice injustice is at an early age growing up in Washington because um there were not a lot of uh brown skinned people in my schools yeah um, I had the luxury of having uh, a mom who worked at the school she was a uh speech, speech pathologist and uh, she would help kids who had trouble Uh, speaking and talking. So I had this uh, sort of uh, feeling that I could voice my opinions and not feel like, you know, I was unprotected because my mom was there. Right. Um, For a while, my principal was Black. Her name is Dolores Silas. Um, She's still alive. And uh, in fact, I just saw her less than a year ago. And I was, you know, she actually uh, swatted me with a paddle myself. And um, I don't know if you guys know uh, uh, Jesse Jones of King. He's on seven seven now. Well, Jesse's brother, he has a brother named James, who was my best friend. (laughs) Jesse went to elementary school with us too, but he's a little bit older. But yeah, um, so I've always felt like I had a voice in that regard. And because my my friends were of different hues, I had white friends, I had black friends, I had uh, Vietnamese friends, I had Cambodian friends. Um, During that time, there was uh, this thing called the newcomers. I guess they were coming from overseas, coming and they were transplanted here in Washington. And so I have so many friends of of different uh, races and creeds that I became a voice at an early age, not even understanding that it was a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah
1: what did so was there a specific event that happened or was it was it just that your mom was telling you hey hey d and and, and your siblings um this is how the country is you know what, what what were they telling you about police officers were they telling you about um uh these different situations that happened historically Making sure you guys were aware of them, or was it just was it just the fact that you had so many different um, ethnic groups as friends?
2: Well, as a youth, my parents um, they allowed us to uh, come together. We would come together as a family and we would watch television programs. And so, some of the things that we uh, watched on te- television addressed race and inequality and injustices. Um, One thing in particular, as a family, we watched Roots. You know, Ah. there was a lot of dialogue within the family. And we watched shows like Good Times and The Jeffersons, and they all addressed the uh, racial inadequacies as it pertains to injustices and inequalities. And so it was always a thing for me to be aware. Shoot.
1: Now, how did that translate to church? Like... So seeing that in church that there was some did now did
2: you grow up in a black church? I was at uh, a black church. So it I never experienced, you know, that part inside of uh, the place of worship. Yeah. Although um, it seemed as if uh, our church, our local church body was open to all races. Yeah. The only thing, you know, with that is are you being culturally sensitive? You know, musically. I mean, I, these are things that people don't think about. You know, when you're when you're in your comfort zone and comfort place, you're not thinking about if this fits everyone. Right, or right, right, right. Are detailing this to uh, be attractive to all people? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah,
1: man. So the color of compromise. What was your take first when you first saw it? Why not? I, um,
0: I don't know I've, I've talked to some a lot of people who watched it, and um, a lot of people were like, "Wow, like, I don't think that the show itself had any real wow moment for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And maybe that's just because I didn't come into it with any any idealistic a uh, perception that this was going to be anything less than exactly what they said it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I've learned enough about enough about history and the history of the church uh, to understand that, um, that the complicity was going to be uh, throughout all of it and probably in a lot of ugly ways that I had not maybe in individual events mm-hmm. been taught about but not surprised by any of them, not Mm -hmm. surprised by any of the individual events um, that the, that the show broke down. Um, So, yeah, for me, it was just like, it was just an education in some of those, uh, some of the details um, that, that I wasn't aware of the events that they don't teach you about in, in school. Uh, What was behind those didn't surprise me, didn't shock me. Um, Obviously continued to sadden me um, that, that it was, you know, Professing Christians who are a part of this,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, but uh, yeah, it was kind of just—it was a journey of education, if not, uh, I guess, for me, like not um, revelation or enlightenment yeah. in general, but just like uh, further understanding kind of details of how that's played out
1: over history. What did, What did you think about that? The um, the color of compromise when you saw like, did you
2: know a lot of that history? So I, I never seen The Color of Compromise. You, I'm listening. Oh, okay. i never seen it. So this show... Right.
1: The author, Jamar Irby,
2: chronicled in detail... Oh, that's the thing, Jamar Tisby. T- uh, Tisby, I keep saying Irby. No, I, I never saw it, but... Yeah. You know, it's something that I do want to see, though. Uh, he chronicled
1: the... Um, the history really yeah of how racism was perpetuated mm. in the church
0: and that is in the church basically like how the church has been a partner Complistic in the proliferation with, right. of racism from right. the very beginning uh, essentially right being, um, and, being, and, and, go ahead and, you know, and this like, this is one of the things when I talk about, uh, you know, with, when I talk with atheists and stuff who, you know, uh, don't want to see religion taught in schools. I'm like, you, you can't separate religion from Western history over the last 2,000 years. Like, if you take the church and conversations about, you know, faith and stuff like that out of it, you've lost one of the driving forces behind tons of, unfortunately, mostly terrible yeah. things that have been perpetuated in the name of God. but. At the core of it was this this you know twisted faith um, and and misrepresentation of, of a faith, but it was all in the name of Christianity yeah from the Crusades to slavery to colonization, uh, the Inquisition all all of that stuff um, is tied so closely into the history of the church you can't separate the two <laughs> um, and that's uh, you know that was really what the color compromise brought out for yeah. me was. Was really the details of the history and just how interwoven the two are. There was
1: one comment that documented statement from a slave owner who was also a pastor. Wow. He's who said to his slave, Today you're baptized, we're baptizing you, and your soul will be free.
3: <laughs>
1: because of what Jesus did. That's your soul though. But I still own your body. Like, that's what he said. He's like, your soul is free, but I still own your body. And this is like, it's, ha, have you seen all the, from all those years back, have you seen any of that um, in small ways uh, today in, in church? Because you've been, like, you are, uh, you are mainly a gospel producer. Like, you're in the world of a lot of, a lot of Christian people have you seen um, any of that pop its head up systemically in any sort of way on, on, in, in, in your sphere of uh,
2: influence? So, because my experience goes outside of gospel music, I've seen it more on, on the level of, of doing business in the music industry as a whole uh, with who's in charge of the industry. Um, but not so much in, in church because um, I've been closed in with my um, faith, with my denomination. And it's, Got you. it's predominantly Black. Mm-hmm. But um, I have an experience that where it pertains to uh, the dub Awards and, and that whole thing. Um, just there not being enough categories or enough Black music being allowed to be put on you know, up for certain uh, categories. So, yeah, you know. And,
1: and, and so much as you are comfortable sharing. But, but let me just what, say what this. What does that look
2: like? Let me yeah. just say this. And this is my disclaimer. I really, I really don't, and this is me saying this. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not trying to convince anyone to share my views or opinions on this whole thing. Even some of my family members are like, they don't feel the same way I feel. Sure. So when, when it comes to race and uh, uh, prejudice, I feel like the Bible has a lot to do with how people think um, and feel what pertains to to race. And, and I think because we're becoming aware uh, and being more attentive to the hearts of people um, this is a new thing mm-hmm. but, uh, even in the bible when the samaritan woman came to jesus and was asking him to you know heal her daughter he was like you know i only come for the the lost house of israel yeah she said, well master even the dogs get the crumbs from underneath the table and so that said to me you know that statement was a prejudicial statement. Yes. No judgment, no harm, no foul. I don't have an issue with people um having uh addressing the needs of their uh their race. Um what I do have a problem with is hatred being implemented. Mm-hmm. Um you are what you where you come from. So um uh, in racial history in this country it's it's influenced every institution. Uh, and including the church. yeah. Um, though uh, certain figures and movements, um, they tried to fight against slavery and segregation and violence at various times. The majority of white Americans fell somewhere on the spectrum between an open endorsement or quiet acceptance. Yeah. Today, it's the same thing. As debates mm-hmm. on racism continue to dominate um, Our conversation worldwide, um, controversies, religious influence remains central to the context. So this stuff doesn't bother me as much. Yeah. I feel like we're in a great place acknowledging and saying that it exists because you can't just because something is dormant and quiet, that doesn't mean it's resolved or solved. Mm -hmm. So unless this stuff is confronted, people can't be made to to uh address it yeah and so i think we're in the best place ever i think i think god's hand is in this whole thing yeah um as we as we know the scripture says it's the inspired word of god but how you interpret the inspired word of god is 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 your your perspective right so even reading in the scripture um I know that there was separation amongst the races and there were issues that people had, even in the Bible times of people marrying outside of their race. You know, I don't, I don't think, I think God sees people uh, by, by virtue of them being his creation. Um, although the scripture says he chose a certain people, it would, had nothing to do with anything that they did. Yeah. You know? But, I believe God is doing a new thing and I think we hold him captive to what we read in scripture. Oh God, you can't do this because you said this back 2,000 years ago. You can't change. We can change. Right. You can't God. You have to stick to this script. Right. you got to know what you're doing. We have to understand everything you're doing. And if you do something different, because this book is really God. You're not God. You can't do what you want. You have to go for this. So I think people think they know the mindset of God, they know the ways of God, but they can't, we can't say what God is going to do or uh, what God is going to decide in the future. God didn't want the people of Israel to have a king, but they wanted it so bad he allowed it. It wasn't his plan. So what I'm saying um, is that we don't know what God is doing per se. We know that his son is coming back. We know that um, we know that he is still a healer. We know that he is a a, a, a lover of people, so much so that he gave his son. We know all of this. And so I just, when people connect uh, religion with race in such a way where they feel like you gotta do this, I'm like, let God turn the hearts of people. You know, still do your work as a human, and, and and do your your uh, advocacy, do your protest, but be peaceful. Be people of God in that, so that yeah, yeah. God can do what He's going to do, right, and right. you still be accountable to what you're supposed to be accountable to. And so, I, like I said, I have friends who fam- whose family members are racist, and they they hate black people. But I don't look at them like, yeah, you're evil. Right. Oh, that this is not something that they. This is not something that they created, and I. People look at me crazy for saying this. I know black people who hate white people based on history. Yeah, yeah. It's not beyond us. We have to be real about all of this. Mm-hmm. Have a comfortable conversation and stop being offended. Right. We stop being offended at people. People's realities. Let's be re- be realistic about this. If you come from. A background where your grandfather and your great grandfather were members of the KKK organization. There's some some systemic roots attached to you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It happens if you have family members who are members of the Black Panthers. I didn't, but I'm saying there yeah. is some there are some systemic roots connected to your thought process and how you reason on things. Right. So I think a lot of this is when we're spiritual, we need to think in a spiritual mindset. If you're being humanistic in your thought process, say that before you say stuff in the name of God. And a lot of that, even addressing this even further, uh, where it pertains to women. Yeah. Uh, and I have to say this because we're talking about injustice and inequality. The Bible was written. I believe the Bible, but it was written from a bigoted place because of that time period. Now we're trying to navigate socially and try to, you know, still hold on to the truths of the word and see what can we make work. here? because Paul said women need to be quiet, but right, you know, right, women right, are right. able to think. so. So, how can you take words of Paul and place them? Here today, you have to rightly divide the word of truth, and God, and so you're not making judgment, or you're not making rules of constraint that have no place in this time period. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're doing it to basically handcuff people and 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 manipulate people. I feel. I, I believe God no go are go saying. He,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no that and that's the main reason why I, I I wanted to have you on here because I knew um that uh you you had much to say of, uh, about it and I and I love it. Um and this is a safe place. We can say whatever we feel like. Uh, Absolutely. It, I,
2: it, listen. It up, all the time. It doesn't
1: no. Matter. that's that's what's up. You mentioned something on your Facebook page last night that he was kind of touching on. Yeah things being um, biblical, but not necessarily Christian.
0: Right. Right. And I, yeah, I just, I just had that realization. And, and I was just like, and, and for me, it was like, man, that just unlocked the key to understand uh, how things have gone so sideways. Yeah. So often in the history of the church is that like the Christian church for the last, you know, 2000 plus years. Um, well, I guess not quite 2000 years yet. Uh, 2033, but, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, we have, we have the Bible, we have the scripture, but so many times our, our mindset and our social constructs have much more in common with old Testament law of Moses, old yeah. Testament, uh, God, um, and not the new covenant of Christ. And it's like, we're, we're supposed to be the Christian church. And so the social constructs, the the way that we set up our, our legal system, all of that should should be, if we're you know an American, you know, if we're a Christian culture, if we're a Christian nation, uh, which you know historically we were, obviously, uh, you know, vast 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 majority of the people who lived in this country who you know uh, founded this nation, at least in terms of uh, the white people, uh, were Christian, mm-hmm. and yet so much of it is old testament so it's biblical but it expresses itself in a way that doesn't line up with the new covenant of christ and that's like like you said derek there's a a lack of rightly dividing the truth there's a lack of being led by the spirit we have the we have the revelatory written word of god but we don't read it and interpret it through the revelation of the holy spirit we read it and interpret it through our own minds and and we just have a natural tendency to like to slide back into like mosaic law,
3: mm-hmm.
0: where it's 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 an knife for. I just put in that comment. A lady, you know, a lady, a friend of mine asked me, you for know, well, what's it? Well, what, what's an example? Because obviously, a lot of Christians read that statement and reject it. Well, hold up, nothing. You can't. It can't be. It can't be biblical and not be Christian because right. they see it as one and the same thing. <laughs> like not well, like Christianity there's is this lot, part of the Bible. A lot
2: of stuff in the Bible that we would disagree with today. Right, yeah a, a lot. So right, for example, if my brother died, I'm not going to sleep with his wife to continue his living. That's right. God didn't say that. God right. That's right. right. <laughs> one example. Kids being disrespectful to their elders. The, the kids who were eaten by the, the bear, the sheep bears. Yeah. In the old testament, we would be like, What God, you, you did that? So it's like.
1: It's you can't, they
2: cannot yeah. be.
0: But the, the example I gave was, the, was this, so you have, the, you have biblical, absolutely biblical statement.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, uh,
0: Someone who, who harms another person is to receive the same harm back, right. eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, uh, fracture for fracture, uh, death for death. Absolutely biblical statement. But Jesus negates it. Right. So Christianity negates it in Matthew. So, and in, in I think it's Leviticus, absolutely biblical do statement. To do that? But then Jesus says, "You've heard the law, eye for an eye, truth, tooth for tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. That's if right. you get sued in court and lose your shirt, give them your tunic as well." That's so right. he reframes the whole thing. So the Christian mindset doesn't line up for the eye, and yet right. our whole justice system is kind of based on the idea of an eye for an eye, a tooth yeah. for a tooth. And yeah. so we have a we have a biblical justice system but we don't have a Christian justice system. Mm-hmm. And that's I think where a lot of people who are Christians they miss it. Because you can just like you said there you can you can justify a whole lot of mess if you just take little portions of the Bible. You right. can justify polygamy you can justify slavery. You can justify, right. you can justify right. endless yeah. war against anyone you want to <laughs> yep. like you could justify nuclear war. Because God said, wipe them all out. Don't leave anything. Destroy right. even the livestock, right? You can justify any of that mess, but just because it's biblical as in in the Bible doesn't make it Christian under right. the new covenant of Christ.
2: Right. So with that being said, it's it's almost like, I feel like it's more of a person's heart. It's Their heart says a lot about what they believe. Mm-hmm. So... If my heart is not telling me, and, and, I, and I know someone's going to say, well, the heart is deceitfully wicked. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is if a person's conscious mind is to not look past scripture of old and to treat his brother right, something's wrong with that. Right. Especially when, you, when God is allowing all of this stuff to unfold in front of our eyes. He's allowing us to get to enjoy these conversations mm-hmm. and to address things that we never thought would ever be addressed. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when we say the church has been complicit in, in racism and uh, just where we are as a nation, I would I, I have to say that that is true, but I'm seeing Progress being made. yeah, And so that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, I believe it is God's plan that something is going to happen to where uh, equality is uh, continually placed in front of us all to yeah. address as a people. And, uh, yeah, I just think we're in those in these days and I don't think it's going to go away. It can't go away.
1: You know, I, going, I believe that
0: Go going ahead. back to the color of compromise um, and it's something that you said, Derek, uh, which I think would be interesting to explore. It, like, like you said, Derek, have look, we have to remember that f- the, for the majority of people who have racism in their heart mm-hmm. today, they, it, they were taught it, learned, they learned it, right. We've all seen the picture, right. They see, Show pictures of, you know, little white, you know, kid hugging a little black kid. It's like, right. yeah, when you're a baby, you don't see race. So, you know, children will react to something that's different than what they've seen before. Right. But but they'll get over it as long as they know they're safe. Right. It's a learned thing. But at some point, it wasn't a learned thing. Right. But like we go we go back four or five hundred years to kind of the beginning of this subjugation of of Africans in the slave trade. What was the motivation behind the church-controlled governments, hmm. right? That that made the decision to come up with, and I forget the name of it. What what the name of it was, but the church actually put out a statement justifying by by basically categorizing Africans as not having Chatter, a um, soul.
1: Oh, um, um,
0: yeah. yeah. It was. It. it, 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 it the democratic equivalent of the three-fifths compromise, right? You're right? right. less than a full human being. Right. But this was from a spiritual standpoint to allow the creation and proliferation of the slave trade. Yeah. So at that point, it wasn't it wasn't learned. They were making a conscious decision. Right. This is what we are
1: going to believe for why. Right. What was the motivation? <laughs> my, my friend said money. Yeah. <laughs> money. Well, that, that was initially <laughs> the reason why they... Per, kept it going and why they perpetuated it because once they abolished slavery, they lost yeah. their money. Yes. They lost money. So they found a way to continue to make, to, to, to keep the money coming in. Um, why, black, why black Africans though? I, I don't know. <laughs> I personally, I, I don't, I, I don't, uh, um, I can speculate, um, because it could have just as easily been Cubans. It could have just as easily been, they could have gone down to South America. You, you, you know what I'm saying? They could have, um, why was it Africa? Don't know, could it have been because of what the agriculture of Af- Africa was producing? Like the gold, the diamonds, the and they were like, well, we need to get over there and get all that stuff and remove those people so that we can have that. Who, i i don't know i mean i'm i'm sure there was there was a um, uh there there's been some uh study done that, that I, I don't actually know i would love to find out but but why um why has it moved or why continue today in church you said you you haven't really seen it
2: too much i i haven't really had experience it. even when i um yeah i uh I played for some some mega churches um for a short time. I really didn't get to experience it so i've I've experienced it
1: in this form well musically musically yeah, yeah. and the acceptance of my gift, but the rejection of my calling right Got so you. you 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 know what I'm saying so they accept me because. The gift, oh my gosh, Tommy, you, you're saying come play. But as soon as I start yeah. to act essentially on my call,
0: essentially it's the LeBron James, right? Yeah. Shut up and dribble. Shut up and dribble.
1: That's like, that's pretty much do it. Do your yeah. gift,
0: but don't do your call. Right. We got no problem with LeBron James, the basketball player. We got a problem with LeBron James, the activist. Right. So Who's using the platform basketball gives in right. to try to bring social
1: change, right? That's yeah. what you're talking that, about. That's what so how, have you seen not that or about. you've not experienced that?
2: Well, you, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna say this, and this is funny, but I'm gonna be honest. At the age I was at, I was just happy to be in the room. I was one of those Negroes.
1: <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I
2: thank you for letting was, me play. Younger, right, you. I was younger. Right. <laughs> so my mind was not thinking like, "Yeah, hey, all the leaders are white, and just the musicians are black, and the people singing."
1: Like T V N, like what's going on, PTN? Yeah, <laughs> I honestly, just like I'm on TBN. Woo. Listen, honestly, I was just saying my wife had to tell me it was like literally four weeks ago. We were on a walk. She was like, Babe, in all of our years of marriage, you have never spoken about any of this stuff. Like I, I have never spoken about it. And I don't know what what it was that changed it. Um, what it was that made me more aware, but um in, in the fact that I'm now understanding what my calling is, that just falls in line with part of everything else that um, that I feel like God wants me to speak about. You know, not just racism, but also sexism, um, um, LGBTQ issues and things like that. It's like, OK, my stance, I was silent before because I was unaware And I didn't want to venture into those waters, but now I'm more verbal about it because I'm 100% more acutely aware of what's been going on. And now I can look back and see, oh my gosh, that was, that was that.
0: It's called growing, learning, maturing. Yeah. It's funny how people get caught off guard when, when you do. I mean, I've been I've been getting the same thing. Like, why are you talking about all this stuff? You never used to talk about this yeah. stuff. All, you know, before six months ago, all your posts were, you know, every once in a while, a biblical thing, maybe posting a sermon or talking about sports. How come all this? It's like, like you said, Derek, we're in it the time is now time is now like this, this environment, this openness to the conversation, this realization of the, the, the truth of the, uh, you know, the oppression and the violence and the trauma suffered by communities yeah. of color in our country, historically and present day, didn't exist until six months ago. <laughs> right. right. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I am going to be different. Yeah. You're, you're going to feel something different. Everyone should feel something different right now because God has created this crazy moment where all this stuff has come to the forefront mm-hmm. combined with all of us being on a giant social timeout because of the pandemic. So we have to face it. Yeah. We can't ignore it. We can't, we're not just, uh, you know, consumed by the rat race so that we don't have time to sit and think in it. We have a lot of people have time on their hands to engage it actively in terms of marching, protests, mm-hmm. organizing, all that kind of stuff. Like I, I, I'm with you, Derek. And I don't think any of that's by accident. Yeah. Like God is definitely using this time to force us to face some stuff that he is shaking up to the
2: surface. Yeah, and so, you know, it's crazy because Christianity has been a place of uh, subduing those kind of conversations. Oh, well, we don't need to talk about that because it's uncomfortable. Ah. So even within the Black culture, you know, Black people are brainwashed into thinking that they're doing something wrong by speaking out, by having, simply having a voice saying that I want equality. They, it's been a, a thing generationally where, gosh oh, that. Right. we want stir up anything, you don't want to stir these people up, and then, right. you know, stuff get worse, just let God work it out. You know? <laughs> and so, yeah. I, I just want to share something. There was a, a lady named Erna Hackett, and she... She addressed some things and it was basically from the premise that white Christianity suffers from a bad case of Disney princess theology. As I theology, that, yeah. as, as they read scripture, white people, they, she said, they see themselves as the princes in, in, the, in every story. Mm. And they're, they're always Esther, never, you know, exorcist or I don't know uh, the, the names of these these yeah. people in, in yeah. the Disney stories, work. but they're always Peter, but never Judas. Uh-huh. They're, they're the woman anointing Jesus, never the Pharisee. Right. The Jews escaping slavery, but never Egypt. <laughs> For citizens of the most powerful country in the world who enslaved both native and black people to see itself as Israel and not Egypt when uh-huh. studying scripture is, is a perfect example of this. And it means that as people in power, they have no lens for locating themselves rightly in scripture. Wow. Mm.
3: And it has made
2: them blind and utterly ill-equipped to engage issues of power and injustice. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. We're preaching now. If you guys that's need good. if you guys need Dare's Cash App to send him a hot right now.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, so, so that's somebody deep. just said, I am David, not Goliath. Yeah, that's right. always David's. Right. That's deep and, and you and you see it all the
0: time. And this is for those of you guys who you know are listening, those of you watching on Facebook, you've seen it. This is what it looks like. Uh uh, why can't we just get back to the good old days? That's so, right. Right.
2: That's Make right. America what, great idea. Why, why can't why can't we go
0: back to America of my childhood? It's like that's right. Uh, I'm pretty. First of all, I'm pretty sure you probably experienced a different America than everybody else. Well, not everybody else, but the people who are matter right now that we're right. talking about. And uh, and again, it's like, what history are you looking at that's so beautiful? Right. There was definitely moments where we were stronger economically. There was definitely moments where we were strongly, stronger militarily, mm-hmm. but there was never a moment, there hasn't been a moment in the history of America where we had this thing figured out where the vast majority of our citizens yeah. uh, enjoyed the rights and opportunities that we hold as our highest ideals. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what what are you looking at? And again, it's like you said, it's rose-colored glasses. It's, it's the Disney princess way that we look at Right. Are not only the Bible, but our own history as Americans, yep. and and the problem is that, like you said, Derek, what it really comes down to as Christians, we can't ever forget this: is the individual hearts and minds mm-hmm. of people who both claim to know Christ right. but aren't living that way, right. aren't being led by the Spirit, and those who are still living uh, without God. It's it's it right. comes down to their hearts and minds, and if we if we if we look at Scripture that way and we look at our own history as a country that way, then we're going to look at ourselves that way. Yeah. And if we look at ourselves that way, then how can we ever repent if we are ignorant of all of our failures right.
1: and our wrongs, right. our let me, sins I, and our... Let me ask our, this. Our... What makes people, what motivates people to abandon Scripture, especially where it says, bear one another's burdens, pray for one another, love believes all things. These are times that that these scriptures are really valid right now uh, and would really speak volumes and really change a lot of people's hearts about who Jesus is. What Mm -hmm. motivates people to abandon those things? I I don't care about what, I don't care about your.
0: Why why do people
1: abandon diets?
0: Why do they abandon? Why did he only go 19 months? Why why do people, (laughs) why do people, yeah, why do people quit school? Right. It's hard. Yeah. Living biblical Christianity is hard. Yeah. Living the standard that Jesus set for us is hard. That's why we had to have the Holy Spirit that's right. to be able to do it. We can't accomplish it without God. And that's why people walk away from those aspects of true Christianity. I, there was a comedian, uh, uh, I think it was Brad Stein, who, uh, he's not my favorite because he kind of tells one joke and then, And then gets on his soapbox for like twenty minutes. Mm. So he's kind of like a preacher who tells a joke every once in a while. So not unlike a lot of Sunday mornings. But but one thing he said was, he's like, you know what what makes Christianity so great to me? He's like, he's like, no person would ever come up with it. And he's like, and it, everything that I would that Christ calls me to be is absolutely opposite Opposite what my natural tendency would be. He's like, that's how I know it's real, and that's mm-hmm. what makes it great. But that's exactly why people, even people who claim to follow it, uh, walk away from the hardest parts of it, which are the most important parts of it.
1: Because it's always about other people. Yeah. How we treat other people. Somebody posted, I have, I have friends. Well, I'll, you posted this, and then I, then I actually saw it. I actually have friends that are posting, well, what would you do if a white boy got shot, would you stop? Would you would you would you not play baseball? Would you would you would you uh, sit out the rest of the season in basketball? All uh, stuff like this, and I'm like, you guys, it is, it's so complete. These are believers. Yeah. It is not the same. Um, and I love I love these people, but it sad. you said it earlier. It saddens me that we're we're supposed to be walking the same path together but we're not all following Jesus.
2: Go ahead. There's a lack of an acknowledgement of history. Yeah. When a, when a person's response is based on just today, yeah. there's a lack of, of basically accepting that things have affected people long-term. And, and again, um, only God can move hearts. That's it. It's at his time, it's at his whim when he touches a person's heart because uh all of uh the defensiveness when it comes to uh being protective and 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 being careful when it pertains to another race that has been undermined Mm -hmm. has been literally destroyed you know um black people don't have their 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 history you know where they come from they don't know they don't know their family members up to a certain generation like that's true this is something that can't be you know fixed and so it affects people long term i just want to say that here's an example this is something a a good friend of mine um you guys might follow him his name is ypj miller pastor but um he said this and it was profound to me here's an example of how things are in this country he went on to say uh You have a. he gave an example. You have a woman who has a husband who takes incredible care of her and and the family to her. He operates in total excellence and he and she has nothing but the highest regard for his loyalty to her and his commitment to the family. Yeah. But the same man is the employer of 200 workers and they all fear him and they think he's a creep. Because of how he micromanages, manages them, and demeans them, and berates them, and makes them feel like they're napping. Yeah. So there again, the white woman, white, denotes and signifies white America. The employ the employees signify and denote the African Americans, and so in, unless people embrace, in 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 in. Are honest about the history of this country, yeah. they're gonna still think this is a fairy tale situation, America. But America, even the men who came thinking they were doing uh, a good thing, came from situations where they thought evil was being done. Catch what I'm saying. If Hitler is your father and you think Hitler's was wrong, and you leave Hitler there's going to be still some of the mentality attached to your mindset.
1: Right. Right. So,
2: someone can think, this person is bad at a thousand degrees. Now, me being bad at 400 degrees ain't bad at all. Do you know what I'm saying? So, the men that came to this country and totally uh, usurped and, 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 and just look past the native Indians that were here, oh yeah, Yeah. Christopher Columbus discovered America. So, and then the country then goes on and puts it in the history books and they celebrate Christopher Columbus day for generations. You know, then the real truth comes out that he was a rapist and he was a murderer. and, And we're like, what? Why are we celebrating this? Right. It's because from where he came from, there were people who were way worse. So it's like it's almost like oh um, with with like when when white Americans say go back where you came from, like right. it's a lack of acknowledgement right. of what actually happened here. So it's like people people taking in the truth of this country and addressing things, you know, in a manner that is uh, equitable to society. And mankind as a whole. But this is the conversation. Yeah. And and if this is the the land of the free and the home of the brave, let it be for all people. Now, I just said something. Land of the free, home of the brave. The mentality was based on a certain race of people. It wasn't based on every race. That's right. right. That thought process, even though it's unspoken, it's still there. Right. So even when it pertains to the National Anthem, people had a problem with Kaepernick kneeling. But if they understood that he wasn't even kneeling for what they thought he was kneeling for, granted, when you read in context, the words of the National Anthem and understand that there are there's a verse in the song that says killing the slaves that escaped. And we still sing this song. It's like, we're celebrating Things that really don't need to be celebrated. If right. we're talking about being an equitable place for right. all people, this right. stuff needs to be changed and altered and say, okay, we did this and this was under the uh, the confines and, and construct of slavery, a slavery mindset. Take all those presidents off the bills if they had slaves, if you really want to address this. Right, because, right, right. I'm just being honest with you. Right. If you really want to address this and not hold on to what you thought this was,
1: actual things have to change.
2: Actual things have to change. You have children who are descendants of those presidents who are have not been acknowledged because they are slaves' kids, and, and this stuff does not go away, Bruh. It's yeah. Kind of wow,
1: things. you just said that. <laughs> it goes
2: on and on and on, America. Yeah. You want to be great? Be great for real. Don't don't be don't be fairy tale great. Right. Right. For real. Being great means, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, right the wrongs that I've done. I'm going to I'm going to do better than I did back then. And I'm going to make things right for all people. If that's what this country was established on. It's got to be that.
0: It's got to yeah, be that. Yeah. It's fu- it's funny that. Right. Well, again, Bible versus Christianity. Like, what well, what's what's a favorite verse of Christians? Like the enemy has to pay back sevenfold. <laughs> right. but, if, but if we start talking to Christians in the church in America right. about reparations, no, that, then, well, we oh, 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 yeah, then we, we got a problem. Oh, oh, yeah, what? We don't. We don't. Oh, so the enemy can do you wrong, and he owes you back seven times, but you can do <laughs> somebody else wrong, and you don't owe them back anything. Just an apology. Oh, right. I didn't realize that that's how it works. Right. right. Like the church, and and that's I think what the for me what the powerful message is behind the color of compromise is that. The understanding and the facing the reality of the church's uh, complicity in all of this mm-hmm. over right. the last 400 years from the absolute worst uh, 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 reality of slavery to uh, uh, to Jim Crow, to, um, to systemic uh, racism that we see today, the criminal justice, all of that. We've been complicit in it because we're the ones running the country. Right. Not just white Americans, Christian Americans. Yeah. And, and, and we have to answer for that. And the church, if, if we were complicit for 400 years, then, then we need, it has to be more than an apology. We have to turn around and just as actively mm-hmm. um, engage with the dismantling of what we That's felt right. and the harm that we did and reconciling the trauma that we've caused and, um, You know, I'm not going to say for another 400 years. I don't know how long it's going to be until Jesus comes back. But that's what we should be at. It's not just an apology. That's the other thing I posted, which I think came up in the last podcast that we haven't released yet. But if we can't, if we won't acknowledge what we've done wrong, then we can't repent. That's right. We can't repent. We can't receive forgiveness. If there's no forgiveness, there's no reconciliation, no reconciliation, no unity. And no unity, there can be no revival. Mm-hmm. And I think wow. that part of what God is trying to do in this season is bring stuff to the forefront and sit us down, force right. us to face it with the hope that the church would repent, right. that we can be forgiven that we can move forward with reconciliation, come back into unity with all of our brothers and sisters of every nation, tribe, and tongue. And it would be at that point, I believe, yeah. when we would see an amazing wave of revival flood across this nation.
1: What's that verse in Micah where he talks about walking humbly before God? This is this is what um, uh, yeah, uh, do good.
0: Do good, love mercy, and walk humbly. Is that the one? Uh yeah.
1: And justice. Yes. Yeah. And that that's that's something that has been the theme throughout. That's literally the theme of Scripture. I feel like the lens of the entire collection of works of the Bible is redemption, love and grace. But we miss that because of the rules, because of we need to see X, Y and Z and we need to see other people doing X, Y and Z. And if they're not doing it, then we're better than them, and, and, and they're not quite living up to. But God's heart, and we see it in Jesus, is redemption, love, and grace. And then us, he did it for us, and he wants us to do that yes. for other people. Yeah. And um, I, I, I really feel like um, the conversations, and you, you guys have been saying it, they're hard and uncomfortable conversations to have. Yeah. because there are some realizations that people have to have to just accept and um, it's
0: really it is not easy to change your worldview Mm-mm. like you were talking about earlier derek it's not easy to deprogram what you were taught and raised in your whole life it's not easy to change the filter and the lens through which you see the world yeah especially the older you are and that's why you see these movements and historically that's always been true it's always the younger generation. The ones who are just forming their oh, lenses, wait. who are capable, yeah. you know, just in the same way, they're like it's easier for kids to learn multiple languages because your your brain, your mindset has not been set and solidified yet. Mm-hmm. It's so much harder for us who are older, and that's why the fight is often between uh, between the young and the and the established and the old guard, right? Um, but I think it's just right. again we forget. We forget in our rose-colored glasses and our lack of acknowledging <laughs> our own personal history and collective history that, that Jesus died to pay the reparations for our failures right. towards God. Yeah, I love and how you said that of, the other day. That's part of the that's part of the work that we're called to yeah. reconciliation. It, the, the Bible says if you're going to worship and you remember that you. Uh, you harmed a brother go and make it right with them first right we're supposed to be a our life is supposed to be a living sacrifice laid down for right these are all the things again the hard things that uh that are so easy to 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 pass over and to to give lip service to and not actually live out but that's true
2: biblical christianity you know with something you just said it made me. It made me uh, attentive to the mindset, uh, the foregoing and ongoing mindset of individuals who just want to get past this.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like they want to just say what they feel needs to be said and it to be over. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's not how this thing is going to work. That's why right. it's going to keep this place where right now. It's it's and it keeps going because people feel like they can say a couple words and then everything's fixed. And it's like, right. Yeah. It's not what you say, it's the actions that follow. Uh-huh. And the complicity the complicity of, of individuals not being vocal, but calling uh, people their brothers and sisters in Christ, again, it's your actions that show uh, what your relationship is to, to people. So if you believe that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, then you have no problem saying, yeah, they were mistreated. And yeah. we because we have privilege we should use our voice to speak up on this and if we're, if we're not doing that we agree with the complicity yeah like, it's that simple it's that it's really that simple and and I understand that people like to not be challenged they like to be comfortable but this thing is at a boiling. It it's is. At the, it's at the border. It place is. Here. And to me, again, I'll say it's not a bad thing. I, I'm so grateful to God that he allowed the pandemic so that we can see. You can say that. Yeah. So so we can see. And so people can pay attention yeah. and have the time to really address things because they couldn't do anything else. Yeah. I see the hand of God behind this, fellas that is
0: a a hundred percent agree very early on somebody posted and it's totally true you know that there there's never been a moment like this in human history Mm
3: -hmm.
0: um and 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 really in reality as they they said in terms of western society since the industrial revolution obviously before that people lived a slower pace of life yeah um so it's a little bit different but in terms of having something that just stopped things even the sense that like there's been pandemics in the past but People's reality was not such that they could work from home or that the government was going to you know, cover certain We're things or connected. keep them from losing their housing. So right. e- even in the midst of some of the, the, the outbreaks of the past, um, people still had to go to work because there was no other way to get things done. But today, in 2020, we have an ability to, to hit pause on so many things and for people to slow down and have a moment that really our society has not had. Uh, even anything ever. close to it, in you know, ever, ever, and definitely not right. in the last two hundred years,
2: worldwide, world, world worldwide, yeah,
0: not just not just the United States, uh, but yeah, worldwide, um, is significant, and we cannot, we cannot look. You got protests ca- look past in Germany. God's purpose in that. <laughs> if this has never happened before, mm-hmm. if He's never hit the the restart pause button on society on a global level uh, to this degree um you know, in, in history that we know of. Uh, the, the you would think that our antennas would go up mm-hmm. and then we'd be like, okay, God, what are you trying to do? I and what like- he's obviously not trying to do is keep things the way they work. The way they were right.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> because then there would be no purpose for us. Right. <laughs> I feel like it's it's come to a point where we have to ask our ask ourselves, is my Americanness more important? Believers more important than my kingdom citizenship like am I willing to forfeit my kingdom citizenship for my Americana
2: I like that
1: you, yeah. you, you know what yeah. I'm saying and, and even more than that
0: like I, like I've been saying for a while now as we've been I, I'm, I lead, I lead a, a zoom Bible study where we've been working our way through first Corinthians is is and really the point of the yeah. first Corinthians is us to have this realization am I more important than my brother? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm more if I'm more important than my That's brother, it. I'm more important than my sister. I've already failed. I'm all, and, and that mindset alone is going to make me fail all the other. That's right. Uh, That's uh, uh, things that Christianity requires of me because it requires me to submit and to serve and to sacrifice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I can't do that if I rank myself higher than my brothers and sisters. Like you said, Derek, if I have no love and care for my brother and sister, I'm already gonna fail all yeah. the other tests. Yeah, I can only pass all the other tests all the other standards of Christ, if I have in my heart like, mm-hmm. a genuine care. I, 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 I love the fact that the that God said this in the Bible, right? Remember, remember that verse he said, don't just pretend to love others. He already knew how fake we can be. He already right. knew. He, already he knew how we are. He said, don't just pretend to love others. That's right. Actually love them. Right. And, and that's the test that I feel like we're failing right now. Like you said all the way back in the beginning, Derek, we can we can be in church and we can totally have a, a feeling and a mindset and we can even communicate this is a place for all people right but if we don't have any care for what if we have no cultural understanding if we have no uh, awareness if we don't actually set up our service and our Jeez. music and our preaching style to actually allow all kinds of different right. people to join us right then we're just pretending to love
2: people right and and with that it's a matter of people having a discussion like this. Mm-hmm. Pastors should engage with their, 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 their the the people that fellowship at the church and have a dialogue like this and say, hey, listen, you know, what's been brought to our attention is something we've overlooked, that, you know, if we're to be a universal place of worship and a place for all people, you know, some elements in our service should address those things. So some Sunday mornings, we're going to have some gospel music. Some Sunday mornings, we're going to have some rock. Some yeah. Sunday mornings we got some country. Some Sunday mornings we gonna have some rap. Like, yeah. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. No harm, no foul. But I do want to say this because I think it might help uh, a listener. Um, people have an issue a lot of times with that phrase "Black Lives Matter," and I just need to go on record to say I don't agree with everything about the Black Lives Matter organization. Absolutely, fl- but. The phrase, Black Lives Matter, I can separate that from the organization, just like I can from someone who was a murderer or a killer, and they have a soul, and I care about their soul and winning them to Christ. Right. I still you have might to, have
1: to say that again. You might have to say that again, because I, yeah. so I don't think...
2: Again, I myself, Derek D.C. Clark, do not agree with all of the... Uh, elements of the organization of Black Lives Matter. I don't stand for everything they stand for. I don't promote Mm -hmm. and push everything they stand for. Mm -hmm. But that in no way undermines the statement that Black Lives Matter. Right. And and a lot of people like to respond with, well, all lives matter. Well, really, if you really want to mean all lives matter, then Black lives have to matter, which means you don't need to retort all lives matter. Oh, God. Lives matter. That's the thing to go goon to Black Lives Matter. And historically, Black lives have not been mattering. That's the only reason people are saying Thank Black you. lives matter.
0: Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. And like, like you said, I think a lot of people who say all lives matter are the same people who would be in their all white or even, like you said, all black, all whatever church saying, oh, it's, you know, our church is opening and welcoming to anyone who wants to come. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. No, it's not. Right. <laughs> no, it's not because the reality of how you right. do things contradicts your statement. Right. Well, so you can say all lives matter, but but your actual actions, uh, the actions of people who uh, are like you think like you, uh, the actions of of you know your political party, your church, whatever, communicate and dictate a reality that actually says that all lives don't matter. Right. 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 And that's that's the difference between the words and the reality. That's the difference between Black Lives Matter and the organization. Like one is doing certain things. One is just a reality. Right. One
1: you know, is just a reality. The other one is. They're actually eating cats and dogs. I'm yeah. kidding. No. And that's that's uh, I, I preached on this, uh, I think. So
0: of like a couple months ago. Yeah, um, we were we were uh, preaching through the fruit of the spirit. And the title of the sermon was exactly what the point was, and it was Be Good, Do Good. And I think the part of the rose-colored glasses that a lot of uh, uh, Christians wear, um, especially white evangelicals, is that they they believe that they are good, but they don't do good.
3: (laughs) Oh, shoot.
0: (laughs) They believe they are good. You can't say all lives matter unless you're actively engaging in making sure that all lives matter. And right. that's not what's happening. And that's not what's happening. We're just right. saying it without doing the work. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's it's the same thing. Every Everybody on the planet, well, maybe not, but a lot of people in America want to lose weight. Right. But you can't just say, I want to lose weight. You got to do the work. You got to stick to that diet. You got to change the way that you eat. You got to go and exercise. You got to discipline yourself. It takes effort. So, yeah, All Lives Matter would be an amazing statement, and I'd be behind it 100% if the people who said it were doing the work to make sure it was
1: happening. That's right. Right. Because North Dakota with the Native Americans and the waterline would have never happened. Right. In the, in in the contrast, right. Black
0: Lives Matter, people who are saying that are often. Not everybody, but often engaging actively to try to make sure that happens. Yeah. And somebody, somebody put it the other uh, put it well the other day too. They're like, because people were like, well, how come you know, well, white, well, when you talk about white lives matter, white power versus black power, white power historically, again, it's kind of a Confederate flag issue. Historically means. Whites are better than everybody else. That's what it means. The only Literally. thing that Black Lives Matter and Black Power is trying to say is we should be equal to everybody else. That's so, right. completely different mindset of an oppressed group saying we should be equal with you versus an oppressor said, saying group. we are better than you. Right. Right. And so, right. again, it, so much right. of it comes down to semantics, but like you said, Derek, what it really comes down to is the heart and minds of the individual. Mm-hmm. Say whatever you want. I'm looking at what you're doing. What are you doing? doing? And that's why for me, the church, what we did for 400 years was come up with doctrine, theology, statements, understandings, mindsets, and practices, both religiously and politically, to oppress black and brown people, not just in this country, but around the world. Right. And so the, the activity mm. that we now need to engage needs to deconstruct all that. Yeah. We can't just say it. We can't just be sad. Uh, we can't even just apologize because, like we said, forgiveness requires repentance. But then the next step is reconciliation. Right. We have to do something about it. We and that's, so. I think, where a lot of well-meaning Christians right now are are, are dropping the ball we've we, we've acknowledged even if, we've, even if we acknowledge that racism is systemic racism and all that stuff is bad we're sad about it we're crying we're apologizing but we're not doing, doing the work
1: doing to nothing. deconstruct it right and to make sure that all lives really do matter are you how many times have you had this conversation since because it's it's been way more um on, like like we mentioned earlier way more uh in the forefront, because of the pandemic, because people are a lot of people are isolated to homes, um, uh, and social media is all we have. Kinda yeah. like social media. Like is Derek it. said, everybody has a voice. That didn't right. used to be true twenty years ago. Much harder to do. You hear it everywhere now. How many times have you had this conversation, and ha- has it always been fruitful? Have you had to like just be like throw your hands up and 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 <laughs> walk away?
2: So, I I don't get frustrated when people don't. I I love the opportunity of presenting, yeah, a different, you know, perspective. And so, because I want to understand why people hold on to what they hold on to. Yeah. So instead of me trying to combat that and and go full threshold, because the scripture that says faith comes by hearing. Yeah it all hearing the word of God, but faith people's faith is built on what they hear. Yeah. So, and and you know, this is been a whole nother discussion, but um, I love people of all races, all uh, people, whether they are uh, gay, lesbian, straight. Mm-hmm. I love people who um, can talk, who can't talk, who are tall. Yeah. Who are short, who are fat, who are skinny. I love all people. Yeah. And me really loving all people, that says that I have this thing that they deserve to be heard too, even if I disagree with them. Yeah. But I can't come to a place of understanding if I never listen to them. I can't yeah. address what I think they think or what they're saying unless I listen. Yeah. So um I think a lot of times, um, even when it pertains to atheists, I love them too.
3: Yeah. They
2: believe what they believe based on their experience and where they come from. Mm-hmm. But their faith is basically atheism. Yeah. So, just like if someone tries to tell you to stop believing in Christ, you're like, "You're crazy! Like something's wrong with you." Right. right? So, when you're telling someone something about racism, and that's not where they're what they're trying to hear, because their faith has been built in such a way that has uprooted and, and upheld uh, systemic racism, it's uncomfortable for them, and they're not going to break away from it until God touches their heart. Yeah, you know, until God touches the heart of men individually, you know, they're not going to attend to what's going on. But yeah. this is not going to go away. This dialogue is not going to go away. This temperature that we are now. A part of and, and dwelling in is not going to go away, yeah. Um, because it's on a it's on a world spectrum, man. Yeah. And and for all intents and purposes, other countries don't view America like Americans view America. <laughs>
3: Oh, that's I, saw, right. I saw something post posted right. and It was so
0: funny It was like If America saw what America Was doing to Americans America would step in And stop America Right, right <laughs> Like if we took right, I mean. If we took what was happening that's Right now And we put it in another Democratic country in the world America would be sending troops To help To, to stop what America Is doing to Americans right now That's funny
1: <laughs> That's fun. That's hilarious but So mm-hmm. I, I'm, And I'm being facetious what? But uh, so you're saying that this, that we should
2: be open to having these conversations? Absolutely. Every opportunity you give. But it needs to come from a tone of a, a non-aggressive play. Right, right. It has to be like, let's dialogue about this so we can lay out the facts and why people feel the way they feel. Yeah. And if you can't attend to people having real communication, if you're going to reject that, then there's, at least you were heard yeah Mm. then you can understand that okay this is a hard thing
0: yeah
2: how would would you you be an evangelist
0: for social justice say again how would you be an evangelist for social justice so we we approached it in that kind of mindset like mm. we know that it's generally not effective to bible thump and beat people upside the head and tell them that they're going to hell and you're terrible human beings, you know, signs on the corner, all that kind of stuff. Like we generally have accepted that that's not the best way to get people to come to a relationship with Christ. And what have we approached advocating for social justice or dismantling racism in the same way? Like Paul said, how do I make this palatable for you? Who do I have to become? What do I have to Mm. do to make this as, as acceptable in your social context as I possibly can for the, for the, the hope of winning many, like that's a whole different mindset. And I think that's a really cool way to think about that. If we thought about it as evangelism, trying to reach people with a different way of thinking. And if I come at it aggressively and, and antagonistically, my returns are going to be a lot less for my effort. Right. Right.
2: So, and in that, I think, Christians, based on our culture, we see a lot of people who are um, very good at speaking and talking in our culture, our our westernized religion, religious culture, and we want to hit stuff out of the park. Bam! We we think it's just like, man, I'm gonna say the right thing, and that's gonna be it. And then, yeah, they're yeah, yeah, it. yeah. You know, you know, it's my words. I, I'm gonna say this, and they're gonna get saved. You know, because I'm effective. Not understanding that it's really about. Here, I'm going to plant these seeds right here. This soil looks good right here. That's it. Put some seeds in there. Water that. Now nah, it don't look too good. I can't go over there right now. We're going to let it rain over there a little bit. That's yeah. good. Let's go over here and plant some more seeds. So it ain't going to be in our control. Whenever something's in our control, it's not foolproof. Yeah. But when God is, is attending to the seeds and allowing them to flourish and grow, then we're going to see his hand in it. So yeah, okay. I feel like being a voice, an advocate, uh, 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 as you said, uh, for social justice, being uh, uh, what'd you say? Uh, evangelist. Evangelist of, of uh, social justice. I think that's something that a person who has a heart for all of God's people, uh, that's their mandate. Yeah. If you're not doing that, it's because you've accepted this westernized culture of religion and you've placed it above the heart of God, the heart of Christ, and the words of Christ. So I just think people need to really have these dialogues. And if, if people can't talk about this stuff, they need to check their own hearts. Because it, it doesn't undermine or hurt anyone to, to talk about anything. I don't, I don't agree with certain lifestyles, but that don't mean that I'm going to stomp my feet and go crazy because somebody you know wants to sleep with a dog. Right. That's BCI It's wrong. I don't agree with it. But, hey, I love you, and and I'm going to talk to you, and we're going to have a discussion. And if you want to know what I think, I'll tell you. If you don't want to know what I think, I'm not going to tell you.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That's really good. Yeah, that kind of go, it goes to the the root of the difference between condemnation and conviction. That's it. Condemnation is an external force saying what you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Conviction is it's an internal force saying you need to change. Mm-hmm. And what we need more of is conviction, and that requires a different approach, a different process. It has to come from the inside of a person.
2: Absolutely. You know, and that, I come yeah. from a culture where people thought condemnation was conviction. But conviction comes from God. That's right. Because That's right. That's right. I think, we've all, I think we all did. Listen, conviction can only come from a man's example. Not, right. his, not his mouth. Condemnation comes from the mouth. Well, you can be convicted by the words of a parent if they're right. talking to you in the nature of a, a loving parent.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: You can be convicted by someone speaking to you in love. You're going to die and go to hell. Whoa. That That's condemnation. Listen.
0: And that's listen the work, that's the work of the devil. Right. <laughs> that's the part we don't want to
2: talk about. That's the work of the right. devil. But listen to the difference. You know, the scripture says that, you know, you will be condemned to hell for that. You know, I'm not in control of that. We God gave us all an hour, you know, a place of escape this son. That's those are words that attend to people having right. hard conversations because it ain't right. you. It ain't I'm right. not telling you gonna this is gonna happen to me. Like that's I, right. I didn't say it. Right. This is what the word says. And so speaking someone else's words and the words being impactful because they come from a place that's much, much higher than we, you don't have to put our energy on top of that because that's what the Pharisees would do. They would point fingers, always point fingers at people, condemning people. Wow. Be like Christ and start drawing on the ground. Yeah, Yeah. that's
1: right. That's we good. we are only accountable for planting and watering seeds. We were never asked to bring the increase. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, but if we don't plant and don't water, then there's there's nothing for the Holy Spirit to bring the increase from. And then there's nothing to harvest. There's nothing to harvest. So we have to like. So I a hundred percent agree, Jesse and I both. We have to have continue these conversations, um, and do them in love. Uh, yes. Even when we have to correct some, some uh, our, our brothers and sisters, we're like, "Hey, you were wrong for you were wrong for saying that." And even when we have to correct ourselves, it, it, like, right? <laughs> I, I, I love that dude. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he has um he has a YouTube channel where uh, I think it's called Change My Mind, and he just sets up a table, has a sign on this, on the table, "Change My uh, Mind" about this topic. Did everybody Photoshop. them. Yeah, <laughs> but I but I love that mindset. And I think we need to be, we need to live there. Hey, change my mind on this because I'm thinking I've been thinking a certain way about it. And I know you're doing X, Y, and Z in this particular field. Help, help me think and have a different perspective on it than I already have. And I I feel like we don't approach stuff, especially racism in that vein of, Hey, help me have a better perspective or, or even your perspective on it. So I can know you more, you know what I'm saying? So
0: So, you know, and and in that, you know, as we kind of wrap up and in that vein too, like for those of you who are listening, we've mentioned it a couple of times. We've talked a little bit about it, the color of compromise it's on Amazon prime. And I would encourage you a believer or not, if you're not a believer, it's it's history. It probably going to make you a little bit more antagonistic towards the church. (laughs) But if you're a Christian, uh, it's totally valuable to learn this history. Um, so that you can understand a little bit about more about the trauma of racism, the part that the church has played, um, which I think informs us about the part that we need to play right. in counter countering what our what our ancestors have done um, in the name of Christ for for centuries. That's actually taking his name in vain.
1: Yeah, that's what that
0: means. Yeah, we need to we sure. uh, to me and the way I approach it, the way I'm so, the reason I'm so passionate about it is we have to rebuild the fidelity of the name of christ in this country because we're the ones who've been damaging it for so long um, with a lot of the stuff that we've done and uh and, and continue to continue to have conversations but approach them approach them with love with humility yeah. with a desire to serve um, uh, totally changes doesn't change what we're saying it doesn't change the purpose of it doesn't change the fruit of it but it it changes the viability of it being successful. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think, what's really, really key.
2: And again, this is a prime time for Christians to understand that this dialogue and conversation is attached to the witness for Christ. It's yeah. not just something that they can just pass over. Yeah, Because if you're trying to win people to Christ, just think of the countless people who you have the opportunity to engage with who are not believers.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: If you're opposed to this conversation and you heard, hold a perspective that is undermining God's grace for, and love for all people equally, yeah. I mean, you'll you It'll be, it'll be hard pressed to win anyone in Christ yeah. this season. So I just think people should attend to
1: Man, D, thank you so much, man, for joining us. Uh, if people want to contact you, maybe hear, hear your music, or if they have questions, even of you, um where where can they go if that you're I'm
2: comfortable sending? dc Clark at Facebook, uh Instagram, Twitter, um Gmail. Dope. It's all the same, so I can be reached. Yes.
1: Very dope, man. Thank and Jesse, it. if anybody has any questions, any comments, yeah. any uh topics,
0: the faith chair on Facebook. Um Uh, You can always message us, comment on any videos, we'll see the notifications, um, send us a message, whatever. And then you can also email us at uh, faithchairpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're always looking for uh, more ideas, topics, things that you've been wondering about, uh, issues that you've had with doctrine, questions that you have, you know, whatever. Uh, we'd love to dig into that stuff. Like we said, we, we last few podcasts, we brought our focus back around the social justice issues, mm-hmm. and we're going to continue to jump kind of in and out of that um, because, like Derek said, like we've been saying, the time is now. We can't let the momentum drop. Can't let 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 the temperature drop. Uh, We got to keep pushing for change. Um, um, But uh, we'd love to hear from you.
2: Yeah.
1: Bro. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Doc. Great to talk with you, man. Take care, Derek.
2: (laughs) I can't. I can't wait to uh, engage again.
1: Absolutely, Doc. Yo, man, take care.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Join us next time.
1: Yes, please join us next time as Jesse and I continue to ask and answer questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. But until then, we'll see you guys next time here on The The Face Chair.